anybody drinking anything? I'm digging into my refrigerator right now to see uh, what I got. Uh... You should have some what the souls, right? I don't think Kendrick's going to be here. He may still be in Chicago for a Fobab. Fobab. I think I'm saying it correctly. Festival. Festival of. Oh, crud. I can't think of it. Barrel aged beer. There we go. I was like, I was like, I want to say bottle, but I was like, no, that's not it. I was about to say, it's boozy, whatever it is. Very, very boozy. Uh, it looks like they always have a good time doing that. I am. I don't think I am going to have a beer. I think I'm going to go ahead and try my. Uh, that single malt scotch that I was selling this weekend. See how that actually tastes. I just took a small little sip of it. To get some kind of idea, but it sold quite well. It was very inexpensive. Let's see. I am drinking uh, from Nashamon Creek Rita's Fruit Brews, a blonde ale with mango. Uh, Lou uh, from uh, the Brews and Banter podcast sent that to me along with a drop in Tuesday, which Rob, um, I'm trying to get back into doing Bear Quest TV. So I'm dropping mixtape tracks, which means on TikTok, I'm doing quick reviews. So I'm going to do a review of y'all's beer tomorrow. So um, I don't even know what song it's going to go with, but I'll figure it out when it happens. Very good. I did see you posting, but I had had a chance to look at anything. Uh, so that's good to know. Good to know. And if Rob is available, I would love you to do a plug of what's coming up for you this weekend. So, oh, Kendra, oh, I'm still talking. Can you? I'm sorry, Rob. I hope. <laughs> I was inviting you up because I wanted to see if you would give us a short um, commercial what's coming up for you this weekend. Um, sure. Uh, it's um, our fifth year anniversary, so we're actually throwing a, uh, a little party where we're uh, featuring four Black-owned beer brands. They're going to come and do some unlimited pours, introducing some of the, uh, I guess, the Delaware crowd, if they haven't already been uh, tasted the the um, beverages that, that come out. We got DJ. We got there'll be a food vendor uh, and a live podcast. So we're going to be uh, hanging out there until from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. and uh, having a good time. It sounds like fun. I know I got invited, but I was like, still, still uh, reeling from the barrel and flow money and whatnot, everything in between. But I uh, look forward to seeing 
all the pictures and fanfare of everything. So anybody that's in the Delaware area, y'all go check it out. And Kendrick, I'm glad to see you here. I really wasn't expecting you. I figured that you would still be in Chicago. Or you might still yeah. be in Chicago. I don't know. Nah, uh, me and the wife just made it back um, about 30 minutes ago. Oh, my uh, goodness. Well, at least to the house anyway. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Okay. Well, we'll get started. Good evening and welcome to Being Black and Craft, where our mantra is we don't apologize for recognizing our influence on craft beer. This is Angie, the Undeniable Vixen. We have everyone in the Mod Squad here. We have Chris and Kendrick here. Uh, it's been a long time. <laughs> so, what? Oh, what we'll be doing tonight is just having a free a free talk. Um, one of the guests that I was trying to get uh, for tax season she was like oh she's uh d she does taxes and she's also um a manager at total wine uh just to give a quick blurb of her story she was working for the irs she had been working there for years depressed hated it it was just just not what she wanted to do but she loved wine she loved talking about wine she loved talking about um you know where it was coming from and she was just getting all this knowledge and she just did a fuck it i only you only live once and she quit her job at the rs and went in with her now because she had already had the uh wst uh two uh training and everything she had did all her her training and also she does a podcast with a friend about wine and and spirits and things and she's uh, she may be a district manager, or she's right on the cusp of being a district manager in uh, Total Wine. So live your dreams. That's the best thing I can say. So she was. Uh, I was trying to get her to come on and just give like some some good information for people who are in uh, breweries uh, and planning, or people who are already already have a brewery some tax advice or some, you know, general things that you may want to consider when you're going into establishing a brewery, things that you, some loopholes that you may have not thought about. Um, and that's what we're going to be doing. But between work and her going into the taxis, it's just like, ooh, it's too much right now. So we're going to uh, revisit and try to connect uh, January because she said, I don't want to go do it half halfway. I want to come completely prepared. And I appreciate that. So she can make sure that she gives correct, full, correct information. So we'll wait till next year for her. So what we're going to talk about tonight is basically all the awards that I keep on seeing people posting and uh, getting awards and accolades. And then on the other side, all these different breweries that are closing compared to the ones that are, hey, we're about to open up. And how do we manage that? How are people managing doing that? Um, seeing these, hey, we're here, we're, we're a new brewery. And then 
some of these more established breweries just closing closing up shop without even a second, not even a word. So, excuse me. So as I uh, get my Abercrombie in a glass, um, one of the first ones that I wanted to talk about, and y'all can throw out some that y'all may have, because I know that I don't know of every award people have won, but I wanted to highlight the people of Black and Crab that are uh, doing some moving and shaking around here. So the first one is probably Funky Town uh, out of Chicago. And they have been like, have had fire up under them right out the gate. And they just recently won, uh, by, they were part of Vine Pair, if y'all are familiar with that magazine. And I believe there was some money involved. I don't know how much, but they were recently uh, awarded um, something with Vine Pair. Have y'all seen that? That particular uh, uh, I've seen it. I just don't exactly remember what the award was, but I've seen it. Yeah, um, I should know the fellow's name. I know every time I see them, they recognize me. Uh, but they have like a little trio. So they were awarded the brewery of the was, year. Yes, for Vine Pair Next Wave Awards. So they won that. Uh, if you go to their IG, it talks about uh, the award and have some great clips of them. The congratulations to them. We also they also did. Um, they won the Brewing uh, the Samuel Adams Brewing American Dream too. Even earlier this year. Or at least they were part of it. I think they won it. Let me see. They were part of it. Um, yeah. Which, Brand uh, the American Dream is a pretty, is a really nice grab to get. One of the other. Uh, awards that I was seeing here lately, a little bit further back, was quite a few, actually. It was the uh, Wine Enthusiast 40 Under 40. And we had uh, Latrice Harris, which is the, the Berry Godmother. She always gives you a, a fun fact on Friday. Really good. And then Lindsay of uh, which is a by walk beers for everyone. I think we actually talked to Pinata, a sip of paradise. Her name sounds familiar. It may have been like maybe year one when we were doing things uh, on Clubhouse, but she was also part of the 40, 40 for 40 with wine enthusiasts. Uh, wine Unifying, Alicia uh, Franken, then the wine. Linguist Alicia, uh, excuse me, Alice Achel, and I'm probably uh, 
I'm not saying the last name wrong, but A-C-H-A-Y-L, Achea. And then we have New York Kitchen, Maya Dunn. And 10 to 1, Mark uh, Farrell, which we have a 10 to 1 at our bottle share that we did in June, uh, Jerry. That was one of the rums that we had tried out. So that was a 40 for 40. And most recently, we just had False Idol to take the bronze at Fobab. So, Kendra, can you tell us just a little bit of the sights and sounds from Chicago and Fobab? Uh, what I can remember. Um, <laughs> I mean, Fobab... Um... Yeah, Fobab, I mean, it's always a good time. I can't really complain about uh, about it. I, I think for me, probably this year, that there, I don't know, there were some beers that, that um, I mean, they uh, for me, I think they had a better beer selection uh, last year. Um, that's just my opinion. But of course, I didn't get a chance to go out to get all of them. But, um, but it was, it was cool. Um, like I said, uh, like I said, false idol. They did, um, they did, they, they did uh, represent for Texas with their bronze. I was happy to see that. Um, and so, um, but yeah, ran into Afro Beer Chick. She was out there, um, and, and some other people. Um, but like I said, I mean, it's, I mean, when you when you're in a situation to where you have a barrel aged beer festival, I mean, there's not too much you can do. Uh, well, it's not too much that you can do to, to keep yourself, you know, from, from getting drunk easily, besides just having a couple of sips and then leaving. Because when I, um, it's, it's off the side of this uh, basketball arena, and as soon as I walked in up, upstairs, I mean, they had like a 19% beer. I was like, okay, let me get that. And then it just all went downhill from there. So, um, I mean, it's it's good if you're into barrel-aged beers. But like I said, I mean, at the end of the day, you do get a chance to um, try other styles as well because they do have a category for barley wines and uh, lagers and like um, sweet beers with meats and all that good stuff. So it's not just stouts and all of that. So, um, but yeah, it's it's, so, it's a good little situation. Kendra, I have a question. So do they have any food there to kind of offset those 17 and 21% beers or you just on your own? Unfortunately, well, no, um, unfortunately, they um only have food in the VIP section, okay? So, so yeah, I mean, they ain't got nothing but just water stations for the, for the people. So, um, but I did get a chance to, um, I did get a chance to be in the VIP section, um, this year, um. As well, so they had um, they had like barbecue and um, barbecue was okay, um, and then they had like some. Um, they always have a bunch of beer, uh, cans of beer, a uh, light beer for the people that's over there in the VIP area. So, uh, like I say, I mean, all in all, it's, it's a good experience if you like those types of beers, um, and you know, I would think they'd say probably right around like. 300-ish beers or something like that, probably somewhere around it. Mm. Um, because, yeah, something around that, that area. But, but yeah, like I said, it was, it was a good time. Um, Chicago is always good to me, uh, so I can't complain. Got a chance to go there. Uh, went to Microphone, uh, Revolution, 
um, went to this um, brewery called Metropolitan that had a Black Lives Matter flag in it, and I was very excited to see that. Um, and the mm-hmm. and the um, bartender was was an older older white gentleman, and he was just very welcoming. And and so uh, I was telling my wife earlier that that was probably one of the best first time visit uh, brewery experiences uh, experiences that I've had in a while. So so yeah. Um, like I said, but yeah, Fobab is cool. It's just, you know, if you're, you, you got to be into that beer and, you know, it's a barrel aged beers to be in a situation to where you don't get just tired out and, and ready to move on. But for the people that do like the, the, the sweeter stuff, they, they do have categories for uh, sweet shit as well. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, was there any other award winners that y'all seen, um, being black and craft here within the last, you know, couple of months. Anybody else that I may have forgotten about? I'm still looking through my list. I know that uh, Los Hermanos was one who uh, has won double gold. You know that we talked to here recently, but those are the ones that I can think of off the top of my head, and with my notes as far as award winners here lately. Uh, if I if I can remember anything else, I will. Uh, one other announcement: if you're in the DFW area this weekend. Uh, Sminox is having another event. It is called the, the Private Press. And, of course, he's still doing crowdsourcing and, uh, you know, getting, uh, trying to get funding for the brewery. So if you go to Sminox's web, uh, his IG page, get a ticket. I think it's like 20 bucks. And he's going to have some beers if you haven't had before along with probably some other things and we're just gonna just hang out for an hour or two so I wanted to, wanted to also mention that too so uh, I guess the other part of tonight wanted to talk about and kind of get people's thoughts these brewery closings and I think I actually mentioned it probably a couple of months ago. I think it was uh, I was asking Raphael something, and he was talking about some breweries, you know, close by him that were closing up. So, just in general, what do you think when a pretty much name Name brand, if you're in the beer community, name brand beer brewery just closes up with no, with no responses. The, the doors are closed. What's your first reaction? What are you thinking? Uh, you know, honestly, for me, um, my first thoughts would be based around if they had good beer. And if they didn't have any good beer, then, you know, most likely, you know, I mean, unless you have real community support, 
you probably ain't gonna make it. Uh, recently, we had um, a brewery that was in Houston that uh, ended up closing, and they were like new. I don't even think they even made it to a year anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. And but their reason for closing, um, there was a sign that was on the uh, gate and by the locks that was telling them that they was like several thousands of dollars behind on rent. So, mm. you know, so my first thought, I'd usually say, hey, uh, you know, maybe that beer ain't just ain't what it needs to be. And then and then if, if, if their beer is good, then that's when the rabbit hole begins. But, yeah. Well, I can kind of get, I can give it, give that kind of uh, understanding in my head if it's just a year out. But I'm talking like Oscar Blues. How long have they been in business? They've been in business for quite some time. And for that particular brewery to just close up that, I'm sure they have, they may have more than one location, but that location in Austin to just close without a word, no, hey, we're closing, just one day we're open, next day we vanished. So Angie, I, I know that I that was just the, I know that that was just the Austin location, and they still have right. their other locations around. Uh, but obviously, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if there was if there weren't already rumblings from the staff there. It's just from the public perception, it was here and gone. Um, right. So that is that is pretty interesting um, to to be gone like that. And there have been quite a few in Austin. Uh, and as uh, Kendrick said, in Houston and in Dallas. I guess. And really, when it came to Oscar Blues, you know, not to cut you off, I actually kind of giggled on the inside when I saw that close because they did do that cease and desist with Brother Souls recently, and I was like, you know what? Now y'all, now y'all having to close. So, so yeah, that's just a petty part within me that you know that giggle. But of course, you know, on the grand scale of things, you don't want to see anybody you know having to close down something, but. I'm, I'm not going to lie, I did have a quick little chuckle. So. <laughs> I missed that part. I didn't know they did a cease and desist on, on what the show was, So that was funny. Yeah, they did. They did. Mm. Well, let me continue to sip my scotch. And I think the market is just. Um, it, 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 I think basically we had we already had a, a lot of breweries, right? You know, nine thousand plus breweries throughout the U.S. Period, and there I think things are just shaking out. Um, I don't really think that it's just a matter of um, bad business on someone's part. It's just that after a while, it's like, look, you know, I, I you know where I live in Dallas. I'm right by Manhattan Project and Pedicolas and a few other places, and. I travel out to to tributaries because I always want to support, and there's a lot of good things around. But there are also some things around that are like going, mm. and I'll usually try a place like two three times uh, to get a place, you know, give them a chance to kind of dial things in, all kinds of stuff like that. And after a while, it's kind of like, like, oh boy, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I feel like we're feeling this thing here in. Dallas, because I can speak, you know, even more with more clarity for Dallas, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. We had one brewery that was like, 
hey, we just don't count us out just yet. And I know personally um, that they are, it's, it's, I mean, of course it's hard, but it's just like, you know, you try to, okay, I'm going to step out on faith. I'm going to do this as supposed to be holding to my brewery, but I still have to depend on the people to come. If you build it, will they come? If you brew it, will they come? And it's not happening. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, um, I remember on a previous episode of Being Black and Craft, we had, uh, what was their name? They were from Florida. Uh, Basti, the, the Egyptian character. Yeah. Basset. And we were talking to him and I was like, hey, what can we do? And he goes, you could buy all the merch, but the local people need to come. That's what keeps things going. And he goes, and you can't beat that. But I can also say in Europe, I, a couple of people, a couple of stores are starting to receive certain brands that I thought would come to Europe. Like Bottle Logic is, they're shipping out here. So there's like five beer stores that have bottle logic. So I think even the the bigger players in the game, I think the game is just changing and it's, you know, the hype with craft beer, it's kind of dying. And I mean, look at the economy right now. You know, am I going to get food or am I going to get beer? I know a lot of us here go, all right, we're going to get the beer, but there's just not money to throw around like that, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, technically, if I go out, okay, say say you're going to go, hey, let's go hang out at a brewery. And either I'm going to get one or two beers, you know, a nice 12 ounce, or I'm going to get a flight where I can get a, a variety. But if they don't have any snacks to kind of offset that one beer that might be 12%, because I'm going to get that that one ABV, uh, I got to move around. But I'm wondering how, and uh, Ashley, you may be able to speak to this. Those who are still a brewery and planning, how are you keeping the positivity in this when you're seeing these breweries closing that have been not one year, not even five years, but 10 years, they've been going strong. And now it's, they're shutting the doors. Are we oversaturated? I don't know if I'm the best person to answer that question. Other than that's a big reason why Vegas is not attractive to me as far as operating and opening, whereas Jamaica, we, that's not an issue there. But even with opening in Jamaica, we've been very strategic about making sure that we are opening in a location that has a lot of um, foot traffic, a lot of tourists, and not just relying on the beer alone, but having events, activities, having it being a cultural hub um, for a creative arts and things like that. So really having to diversify. So even if you know, yes, we want people to come for the beer, but if people are going and knowing that 
if they want to see live music throughout the week, that's the place to go. And while you're there, of course, you're going to buy a beer. Um, if you're an artist and you're looking for somewhere to showcase your artwork and you're looking for somebody to have your gallery um, exhibition, that's an option. But of course, while people are there, they're going to buy those ancillary purposes. So it is really important for us to really spend some time in looking at who our primary three um, consumer profiles are and making sure that we have streams of revenue that tap into each of those pro, um, profiles. So let me uh, ask, I just thought of something uh, when you were speaking, uh, kind of a typer. So with, um, when I went to Jamaica, basically, of course, it's Red Stripe, which is about 4%, maybe? Are, are you going to be brewing beers a little bit higher? And is that going to be? For sure. Okay. And so that'll be okay. They won't be like, uh-uh, you have, a, you know, I wonder if they have like a restriction. Mm -mm, mm -mm. There's no TTB oh, or cool, anything cool. like that over there. You literally can print your liquor license from your home computer. Like for real. Oh, wow. Um, okay. That's, that's not the issue at all. I just think why you're not seeing a lot of higher ABV or even more complex from a palate standpoint beers is because nobody has really cultivated that experience and demand for it as yet. So when you're drinking a Red Stripe at Secrets or um, a Beer Star or wherever, like you're just having a beer because you're in the pool, you're on the beach, whatever. It's, it's uh, an accessory to whatever activity you're doing. It's not the main focus of the activity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get that. Okay. Thank you. Um, I see there's a lot of stuff going on in the chat. Let me see if I can get this. And then while, while so, you're I know doing a deep dive into that real <laughs> quick, one of the biggest struggles for me, and I put it in the the chat, um, you know, the rent is too damn high. Like there's a ideal location I would love, Angie, and anybody else that's familiar with downtown Montego Bay, right across from Margaritaville. That rent starts at $10,000 US a month before I even flip a light switch on. That's a lot of fucking beer to sell. That is a lot. And so for me, I've really kind of taken my time um, to make sure that whatever situation I get in is ideal because yes, I could just sell my house and go and pay rent and invest in somebody else's asset or I can wait until an opportunity comes around where I'm able to just flat out buy the land and building and work it from there. And I think a lot of times people, you know, get into a situation where the rent sounds great, but landlords, as we all know, when gentrification, ex-urbanization, whatever the fuck you want to call it comes into play, it, it goes to the highest bidder. And a lot of mm -hmm. people I know here in Vegas are either closed or are going to be closing because they simply can't produce enough beer, sell enough beer to cover the rent, let alone all their other expenses. Yeah, because I'm thinking ideally, I mean, if if breweries actually put a price on what would really help them break even, we wouldn't buy their beer. It would be it would be too expensive. Um, for them, I know it doesn't. It, I mean, it costs pennies on the dollar to make the beer, quote quote quote, but. Uh, the overhead is just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's crazy. And to piggyback on what you were talking about, Ashley, uh, 
you know, me and Jerry, well, me, Jerry, and Copper were in DFW. So there's a place called Strange Ways that basically they said that they were closing, they had to close their doors. It was like they had their, hey, come and have this last beer with us. We're, we're done. We can't, uh, the landlord is basically kicking us out. And then they dug up their lease agreement and did not know that they could fight back. So now, instead of them closing, they're like, no, uh, they had people, basically patrons, the community, saying, no, 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 they're, they're screwing you over. You need to look at this, at this document a little bit better. So they're going to, um, they're fighting to keep that, I guess it's like a pub, because they don't make beer strange ways, right, Jerry? No, they don't. They just curate the beer yeah. collection. They do make yeah. food. Um... Yeah. So, um, yeah, the rent's being too high. Uh, Jerry, I'll, if you want to go any further on your note, feel free. Uh, <laughs> but. I mean, so when we speak about, and again, this is not confirmed but it's something that I have noticed being in the Dallas beer scene. And um, Kendrick, you touched on a brewery experience you had in Chicago where they had a Black Lives Matter um, either sticker or sign in the window. Um, that's just not something you see very often. And imagine seeing that here in Texas. And Funky Picnic in Fort Worth is really the only brewery that I have seen that not only has a Black Lives Matter sticker in the window, but also has a pride progress flag. So not just even the regular pride flag, but pride progress flag. They support uh, the LGBT community. They're really one of the few, if not only, uh, places now, Distillery in Denton does a few things too, that still do drag show brunches. And they have a secondary part in the back where uh, they do, that's the 21 and up um, thing where it's basically just the, it's a part of their, the back room at Funky Picnic. And I've often wondered, again, this is not confirmed, so this is not me putting anything out there saying that this is a deal, but I've, I've, as much as I am seeing it and I really appreciate it and support them because of that, and I enjoy their beer and I enjoy their food, I do wonder if people have been um, I forget, what, just either not going to the place in real, and, and I want to use an Instagram term, but in real life, shadow banning, you know, but, but I just wonder if people have been <laughs> like not, not supporting them because of their support of the LGBT. LGBTQ community. And again, I'm sure there's way more than that. And I just, but it, it is one of those things that just sort of made me go like, hmm. So that is not confirmed. That is literally just a thought that I've had. And one of the reasons why I really want them to survive, again, because they do have good food and good beer mm -hmm. uh, and they're great community allies. I concur. They're actually, um, Funky Picnic had death threats because of their drag brunch and they had to basically cancel. And, you know, it seems like the other breweries kind of rallied behind them and the community rallied behind them. 
I think they're actually about, about to have drag brunch this coming this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday. So I could see that, you know, possibly maybe some hotels, maybe some calls, hey, don't maybe don't go over there so much could possibly happen. But overall, and y'all could tell me because everybody's pretty much um, on all different parts of the country, this summer has been trash as far as beer sales. I've heard that from more than one person, more than one brewery owner, one more than one uh, person in front or the back of the house, that it's been really, really hard. What do you think, and I'll ask, I mean, just everyone, what do you think would be helpful for people that are, that are, that are breweries and planning, that are um, liquid intrusion, they just uh, put down on a bigger warehouse, bigger warehouse, more beers. How do you keep that momentum of positivity when you see these other breweries shutting down that have been in existence for a while? I also wonder with that article, I keep I can't remember what the article was, but it was very tone deaf with talking about beer sales that, hey, uh, Budweiser, Miller, whoever, whatever basic beer it was, you're not having the beer with your father anymore. And there's, they still haven't, the powers of be still haven't realized that Black people like beer. So I'm also wondering if these big breweries are closing, that one caveat of the issue is because they have not reached out to the populace that actually likes beer, which the growing numbers are women, black women that drink craft beer. They're not reaching out to that demographic. Do you think that may have something to do with it? Yeah, I definitely think um, I think it's about diversifying as a whole. You know, I mean, the industry, the industry as a whole is down three percent of the craft beer industry this year, and um, I think in order to overcome a lot of situations um, as far as growth goes, is to diversify, and that's what a lot of breweries they aren't they aren't willing to do that, like diversify their staff, diversify just diversify their brewery as a whole, and it'll make them more efficient and effective. I mean. Yeah, get 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 more get more women of color planning events and, and see how and see how you see how you start attracting more people. Well, I think they're still slow to the game. Thank you. Anybody else?
Linux, we have a you have something to speak on. If not, I'm gonna segue and ask you to do your commercial for what's coming up for you in December. If you can. Oh, that was me. I'm sorry. I didn't catch my name real quick. What's up, everybody? Peace. How y'all doing? Good. Good, good, good. Um, happy to jump in. Um, yeah, December 2nd, we're dropping a beer with Gip and doing a sneaker ball out at Down Home Brewing uh, here in Tucker, Georgia. So we're in the midst of, you know, promo and rolling out and I'm going to be doing some old school stuff, calling people on the phone and getting them down to the event and whatnot. So I appreciate that, Angie. Let me ask you this. I know that you worked with Abstract. Uh, mm -hmm. did, you, did you brew a beer with the Abstract Tinctures? No, we didn't get the sponsorship partnership with Abstracts. So, you know, no money, no honey, baby. So we gonna, we making a beer without them. Okay, okay. I mean, but the uh, the avenue is still open. You just didn't get it this time, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, everything is good. Those are awesome people. Um, we just didn't uh, get on board for this one. Hopefully, they'll be on board for something in the future. But um, yeah, but right now we had a we had to keep moving. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I I I asked I asked Big pleaded with William to bring back something uh, when he comes back uh, from Atlanta from the event. So hopefully, I'll have he'll keep one or two cans so we can try it. This uh, is more. This is Will Moore. Right. Wow. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, he's on my <laughs> list. I need to make sure that he's going to be back in town for the event. He's actually on my list to, to find out. So hopefully he will be. Yeah, he will be. He okay. Be. Good. I, I was like, he, he, he stays over there. He stay over there. He All really right. do. He really do. <laughs> so, and Angie, you're in, you're in Dallas as well. Yes. Okay. Cause you'd be here more than over there too. No, 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 Sometimes, okay. So do you have anything to add with the question that I posed? Just just wanted to make sure that I gave you room for that. You know, to be honest, I was working and listening at the same time, but hit me with the question again, and I'll do my best to give you something. So just in general, what we were talking about was big businesses, big breweries closing and how are we keeping the momentum of black breweries that are in planning to, to keep positive. And one of the things that I rose posed was, I think that these big breweries are still not reaching out to the demographic of women of color who drink beer and they're missing out. Well, I got to keep it a thousand with you. Every time one of these white breweries closes, me and my homie just give each other the side eye, the little look like mm, another one bites the dust. And um, I think it's a combination of things. People getting over leveraged. I'm sure all this stuff was mentioned 
um, people getting over leveraged into big debt. You know, there was a theory at one point that if you come out conservatively and build a modest brewery at the time, your demand would outpace you and then you would lose money because you didn't build a big enough brewery to meet demand. So then people started coming out the box with huge breweries and it was good and they met demand. But the problem is that after a while, that demand also tapers off. Okay. So you got people with these huge operations and then demand tapering off and then the overhead is still high. Um, one of the things I mentioned when I talk about high gravity gardens is that for many years ago, it was like, Hey, opening a brewery is hard. We should Wu-Tang this thing. You know what I mean? Let's try to get a few of the breweries together and go in somewhere. And I did that years ago with, uh, Jen Price, Atlanta Beer Boutique, Down Home Brewing, Chris Reeves, and, um, Wilmore and, um, and Conso, you know, the trio from over there, we sat down. And they said, okay, you can, you can pitch us as a unit. And I went and I did, and this was the Met and, uh, Lee and white and a few other projects wanted the high gravity gardens concept, a small music venue with a, a beer hall full of black owned breweries, right? City winery meets Cirque du Soleil meets Wu-Tang. Nice. The problem was that People were willing to invest. The Met was willing to put up $2 million, $3 million to build it out per my specifications. And they're like, oh, yeah, and we'll give you a 10-year lease. They said that like it was sexy. Like it was like, oh, and we'll give you, and we'll give you a 10-year lease. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, what happens at the end of the lease? And it was like, well, we either renew or we don't. And I didn't like the flavor of that. You know what I mean? I was like, mm, I don't know about that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I don't know how I feel about just being at the whim. And this is what you start to see play out. Uh, second self, huge footprint. They had a CBD operation. They could do any beverage, coffee, tea, water, anything. Oh, they had a pasteurization machine. Okay, gigantic, huge machine. Um, they had like the only CBD bottling thing like on the East Coast, all this stuff. Well, three years in or five years in, whatever it was, their landlord, based on second self-success, tripled their rent. And I said, thank you very much, because if you know commercial real estate, your tenants drive the value of the property. And mm. <laughs> the problem is that you get a good tenant. If you're a good tenant, you're going to get the business. You know, you're going to get got. So it was like, well, I don't want to do that. Right. So we started seeing kind of little hints of this years ago. And now we're starting to see the chickens come home to roost or whatever. People over leverage, people need deep in distribution. That's the other piece that kills everybody. And here's some free game to anybody who's opening a brewery. Try not to distribute. The game is not in getting your beer distributed. It's just like the music business. Stay independent and open up a small tap room and do that multiple times. That's the business model for the brewery, for a sustainable brewery. Don't try to open a 20, 30 barrel. This is my, obviously my opinion, but my advice, don't open a gigantic brew house, you know, open a small brew house, but do that five, 10 times, but buy the building, buy the building, buy the land, 
buy a four unit and rent out to three other businesses that will, you know, kind of create an ecosystem for y'all. But going in to lease, purchasing these huge, you know, equipment purchases and whatnot, this is what we're seeing happening. Because it looks good, you know, it's shining in the front, but it rained in the back because the debt service and all of the pressures and money's not coming in and this and that, you know, pontoon talking about they're closing temporarily. What does that mean? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What What is going on there? So, so yeah, that's my take on that. Um, I hope that that was helpful and added to the conversation. Yeah, yeah but that that's really it. It's the... But every time one of them chuckles, uh, one of them closes, we kind of chuckle a little bit. You know, we do. We honestly do. Yeah. Uh, Ashley is saying, unless we got crazy volume, distro is a marketing exercise. But that's kind of like blowing people that are, you know, that are doing crime. Well, wouldn't that be blowing people who are doing contract brewing out of the water if they're not doing that because that's how they're getting I, my assumption is that's how they're getting their capital to have the dream of having their brewery I think contract brewing at that point. contract brewing might be the worst scenario of all of them because now you're stuck in mandatory distribution you're at the whim of the contract brewery and their price fluctuations. And um, it's a tough, tough spot. The people who who do contract brewing, I mean, the margins are razor thin. But the good thing about the people who do contract brewing is that they're still in the game and they're not closing, mm -hmm. i.e. Right. down home, console. They're still in the game their beer is still in stores and in retail, you know, on premise, whatever. So, you know, it's, it's something to be said with, for playing it safe and playing it smart. Um, you don't want to be overly cautious, but as we've seen, some people have just went, you know, and bet the farm on, on stuff. And this brewery's closing that you would never think would close. You know, there's some huge breweries that's like, what? How is that even closing? You know, so, so yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jen, did you have something that you wanted to uh, share? Any up? Any updates? Um. Hey, everybody. Good evening, y'all. Um. Let's see. I guess the only update I'm trying to get to CBP in South Carolina in December. I'm just trying to see if I can get my work schedule. Um open so i can come out there for a few days hope hope to make it out there and see some people in person oh nice 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 yeah um you just had i know you had to reschedule something but what did y'all recently have uh in atlanta the, the last event for practice for action or is it coming up um because i get jealous and i was like i can't go so I'm like, <laughs> Um, so we did, uh, we worked with Nick on a release of the Black Waters film. Um, that might be what you're talking about with Nick of yes. Outdoor Gear and Beer. 
Um, yeah, so Nick, who y'all might know as Outdoor Gear and Beer, he's based here in Atlanta, but he's an outdoorsman and a scout troop leader and has lived a life of just being outdoors and camping and hiking and climbing. Um, he is one of five men who were cast in a film called Black Waters, which followed them on a fly fishing excursion up in the Arctic Circle. And it's a 45 minute film um, of the five men. Nick is the only one from here in Atlanta. So they've been traveling um, across the US in each of the cast members' hometowns to show the film. And so I organized a film showing weekend here in Atlanta, which was at the end of September. And it was um, a screening event with REI, who's an outdoor outfitters company. Um, we did a screening, I'm sorry, a fly fishing class the next day and another screening at Wild Leap Brewing. Um, but it was a great, it was a great weekend. It was um, interesting to see um, just kind of how their weekend unfolded when they were in the Arctic Circle and the conversations. The, the film really focused on the conversations that they had as Black men talking about communing with nature and being outside and just vulnerability and what it's like being a black man in America, safety um, from a lot of different perspectives. So um, I think they're trying to get it picked up in a, in a, in a major way, but right now they're still doing the rounds, um, going to the different castmates um, cities to screen the film, but it was, it was a great weekend. Thanks to everybody who was able to come out. Oh yeah, that was, that that seems so cool, so so amazing. And then just right after that, I just saw something about some gentlemen that I think they climb Mount Everest or something. Like, I, I looked at it, I was like, no, 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 it's not, they're not doing anything with water. This is not the same thing. So it's a more amazing black man that did something <laughs> out of this world as far as my world because <laughs> I wouldn't do I couldn't imagine doing anything like that exactly but uh well we are five till let me check my see up oh, Jen we have uh as it says we have we have a pass with your name on it oh for CBP for CBP, what? Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm gonna work extra hard now <laughs> to get that time off. <laughs> that would yes. be great. I've been wanting to go, and as y'all know, me and Andrew's um, summer, our summer conferences are like weekend after one another. In mm -hmm. fact, we um we traded weekends this year going into the to craft it for action for June. I'm sorry for next year, so I can never go to his events. Um, so this would be uh, great. Thank you so much. This would be really yeah. cool. So she uh, said you should have gotten an email from us, but uh, we'll be sent it. Okay. So. Thank you so much. From, uh, from Yay. Thank you, Lifting so, Lucy. If there's nothing else, anyone else have any last words before we uh, depart? Chris Kendrick, my squad, do y'all have anything else to share? Nope, nothing on my end. Um, Raphael, hit me up, man. Uh, I want to link with you uh, while I'm here for the month, man. So please, let's uh, let's make something happen, man. 
Yeah, hey, if, hold if on, Chris. Nobody, if nobody knows, uh, Chris isn't sounding like he's very sick because he is on this side of the pond or the world. He's in New York right now. And I'll be here for the whole month until actually I'm leaving December 4th. So, but I'm here. Hey, it's on, man. I'm in Connecticut, <laughs> but my area is Brooklyn, Long Island, and Staten Island. So, I oh, you yeah, the, the, the most definitely, Rodney. Then yo, right, let's let's make this happen too, man. Hey, for sure, man. All right, I mean that's it. I'm, I'm glad to be up. I'm glad that it's not what almost three a.m. in the morning. So, no complaints from me. Oh, Kendrick, thank you for the uh, the uh, porch bomb, and uh, yeah. No problem, brother. In the time. All right. He, he, Poppy, he hadn't said nothing about Texas, so I guess we just dirt. I guess since he saw a Texan recently, he's not coming. <laughs> right? He said that's good enough. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on, coffee. It's not like that. Uh, it's not like that at all. I'm just trying to figure things out, uh, and I got my niece up here uh, in New York with me. She came up. But we will see what happens. But I need to go down to Texas. I got family down there. But uh, but right now I gotta handle some things in New York. But we know we just messing with you. Ah. <laughs> so if there's nothing else, um, Aubrey did see the message from from Ashley, and y'all can uh, connect just in case as far as like uh. Y'all have each other's information, right? If y'all need to end the con- uh, continue the conversation, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. So if there's nothing else, I really, uh, really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, of course, we didn't solve, solve the world's problems, but I think we still are still positive uh, with those breweries, breweries that are planning as well as established breweries, we're not, you know, we're not the same, but we still need to get out there and support them in the best way that we know how. So if there's a local brewery near you, I can tell you that they could do, be doing better than they, than they are. So go and support them. And if nothing else, thank you for calling. Thank you for Coming to Being Black and Craft, where our motto is, we don't apologize for recognizing our influence on craft beer, and you have an amazing night and amazing week.